but I found over and over and over again that the kids that have the best experience in a step family or a blended family are the ones who have the support of both of their parents. If biological mom's like, yeah, I hope that you have a great relationship with that person, give that permission for them, oh, it makes all the difference in the world. Hello and welcome to the Healing and Dealing Podcast. I am your host, Charlotte, and I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Through a trauma-informed lens, we will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healing and Dealing podcast. Today, I have Brittany Phillips with me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with her about all things blended families. All my listeners know that my family is blended, and it's really something that I am passionate about and really working with my clients and then friends, family, you know, whoever I can. So I'm really excited to have Brittany. She's a mom of four, yours, mine, and ours family dynamic, and a certified coach and teacher. She has personal experience in blending her own family and has spent many years learning strategies in the school of hard knocks. Her approach is centered around empowering women to strengthen themselves, which ultimately influences and benefits the whole family. Absolutely. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Charlotte. Yeah, I'm so happy and excited that we're talking about this subject. I honestly have felt for so many years that it's just not talked about enough, especially with like how many people are in blended families these days. It's a high amount. I don't know the statistics. You probably do. But I mean, more than half of my friends have remarried, you know, and like are in blended families. So I think it needs to be talked about more. I think that people need help in this you know, in this area of life, especially moms, dads too, and even the kids. So it, it really affects the whole entire household. So thank you for joining me. And yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and what led you to being a coach for, for wives and a life coach as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's a kind of a long story, but to make That's it okay. brief, <laughs> my husband and I were both divorced when we met and thought, oh, okay, we'll blend our families. Our kids were actually pretty young. Uh, when we met and in the dating process, everything was flawless. It was just going great. The kids were getting along great. We were all getting along with all the kids, whatever. Yeah. As soon as I moved in to their house, we got married. I moved in. It was like immediate, mm. not okay. Immediately. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> And gosh. so I was like, what happened? Like, what is going on? And so it was things like parenting styles were different. Kids all mm -hmm. of a sudden were like kind of butting heads. All of a sudden I'm trying to co-parent with somebody else. I was not used to that. Right. So just so many different factors that, that came into that. And I felt so alone in that process. I didn't know anyone at the time who was part of a blended family. And so mm. I just kind of felt like an outcast. <laughs> it's like in it, we are pretty active in our church. And so it kind of in our church culture, it, it's 
yeah. a little bit different <clears throat> to be part of a blended family, even to be divorced was kind of different. So right. it was just a, a lot of things going on internally. This is hard. This is, I don't know if we can make it. And th- there was a point that we talked about getting divorced. Like, what did mm-hmm. we do? <laughs> this yeah. is not working right. how we thought it was going to. Luckily, we were able to kind of push through that. Like, we're going to put everything in. Like, we're all in on this. I believe in marriage. I believe in families. We're, let's see if we can get this to work. And we were able to come out on the other end. But looking back with hindsight, <laughs> I, I learned a lot of things that would have been helpful Mm-hmm. And that's really what got me to where I'm at now. Like that was hard. It shouldn't have been that hard. There are definitely yes. tools to help step families. And you're talking about the statistics, 40% of mm-hmm. families in the United States are part of a step family. Wow. And there's nobody's talking about this. We've got to get support to people. We've got to get help. And we've got to normalize the fact yeah. that this is going on a lot. There's so many feelings that come up for, for every person in the blended family, for the kids, yes. for the parents. Like if you're the step parent, that's a whole different realm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's so, really where I'm at. Go ahead. How old were your kids when you guys met? Just curious. They were young. So they were three like t- and six. Okay. Yeah. And then did you guys have like, did was he co-parenting with someone and you were co-parenting with someone? He was co-parenting with someone and I had full custody. So okay. I was not co-parenting with anyone. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Until yeah. we got married. Our situation was, was similar. Like I had someone I was co-parenting with, but he didn't. So it's like, it, sometimes we used to think like, whoo, like it's a little easier because we don't have someone and we're, it's just us, you know, but then also like your kids miss out on that relationship with their biological parent. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There, there's <laughs> things that are nice, but also complicated at the same time. And I found that a lot over and over again. People are like, oh, that must be nice that you don't have to co-parent. I'm like nice for me, but not right. for my child. <laughs> Yeah. And if, and if luckily, if you have the right person to co-parent with, it could be, you know, a smooth situation, but that's not always the case (laughs) as we know. Right. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I'd love to kind of dive into like, when you guys first moved in together, what were those major challenges? You said parenting styles, what else came up for you? Actually, looking back, a lot of what was coming up was our trauma, (laughs) our previous trauma. So we had both been through a divorce and we had actually both gone to therapists on our own too, before we even met and done a lot of our own work. So in in our minds, we're like, well, we're good. We've done the work. Mm -hmm. Put yourself back into a marriage though. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much work you've done. There are going to be things that resurface when you're back in that situation. And so that was, that happened (laughs) to us. And, and that was an opportunity. I see that now that it was an opportunity for us to heal some Mm -hmm. of those past hurts, but at the time it felt very scary Mm -hmm. and super vulnerable. Yeah, I'm sure. I know for us, you know, a big thing was culture. So my husband is Hispanic and I grew up in a, you know, white household. So there were a lot of differences that I felt like I had to bend to, you know, and kind of take on his culture in a lot of ways. And it even came down to like the simplest things. Like I never locked my door ever. Like it was just not something that I was ever taught. And he was just like, what are you thinking? Like lock your door every night, lock all the windows. And he's just super, that's how they grew up. You know, they grew up um, making sure everything was locked. So that's just like a small, you know, example, but there were so many of those things that came up for us where it was like, 
okay, like I have to learn this whole new, you know, way. And that's like with anyone that you, you know, meet. But for me and my son, my son used to make comments like I would go like to the tanning salon and and he would say, don't tan because I'm going to be the only white person in the family. Like he was like four and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's already seeing that there's differences, you know, and it used to make me feel so bad. And or another one was like, he didn't want me to change my last name because then he would be the only one in the house with that last name. So what are your thoughts around that? Like those, those things that come up? Yeah, I think those are super normal, actually. (laughs) Just even if you are from the same culture, like weird things like that seem to surface Mm -hmm. a lot. And and even in a, a first marriage, but it seems to be really amplified in a second or third marriage. Yeah. Like we're more established in the way we've been doing things. Right, <laughs> Actually, right. Actually, as you're sharing that, it reminded me of a big argument that we got in. It was our first year of marriage that we were gotten to fight about the right way to make tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that being a fight. Tacos are important. I mean, and we were both so stubborn. We're like, no, this is the way you do it. This is how I've always done it right. And looking back, I'm like, what a stupid thing to fight about. But like, Wait, in the I moment, have to know. I have to know, like, what, what, how do you make tacos? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do it both ways. It was actually um, Navajo tacos. I don't know if you were familiar with uh-uh. those, but it's something that <laughs> people eat here where we're at. We, we live in Utah. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, okay. So basically it's like a scone and then you put things on top of it. Oh. The way that my family would eat it was with like a canned chili and then like lettuce and tomatoes and cheese. But the way his family always did it was with the scone with ground beef. And so it was the big fight about like canned chili or ground beef. Oh, okay. (laughs) What is the thing? That is so So. interesting. I've never heard of that kind of taco. And I live in San Diego. So you would think we had every taco here, but you should try it. It's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Both ways. You could try it either way. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds good. Yeah. It's crazy how these things come up. And, and I was also married before this marriage too. So yeah, when you're, when you both have already kind of done this before and you get into another marriage and now you're mixing kids in it, I can see like the just problems rising up left and right, you know? So yeah. What about like your parenting styles? How how did you guys manage that? I'll be honest, that was really hard. And that still comes up sometimes because there are things I would do differently. We had two more kids together. Okay, so we both had our own and then we Mm -hmm. got married and had two more. Having those other two kids kind of helped simmer some things because we're like starting like we're doing this from the beginning again. But we had to figure out how to compromise. There are Mm -hmm. still things that come up on a regular like I wouldn't do it that way. But let's let's have the conversation. Let's talk about these these hard things. I think what makes it trickier in a blended family is like I was already established as a parent. Right. Before I even met my husband Mm -hmm. and he was established as a parent doing things the way he did it. And so all of a sudden to like merge that instantaneously was almost impossible because we did things very different, had different expectations, right? Household rules. I go into his house and he's got this beanbag and he's like, throwing his son onto the beanbag from the stairs. <laughs> what oh, are gosh. you doing? <laughs> yeah. So it just things like that. Yeah, for sure. Like my husband, when I met him, he was this super strict single dad, you know, the mom wasn't involved. So he was like very set in his ways. Right. And then I come along yeah. like, I'm very 
flexible. My son was a little like he de definitely didn't listen like his kids did. So my son always looked like the one that was like the odd man out, you know? Right. And so that really took some getting used to for us. And I used to think like, gosh, whatever he did with his kids, I wish he could do with mine, with my son, because like they were just so mm -hmm. respectful and they listened. And, and I think it, it was just, you know, the different parenting styles. But ultimately, when we had our own children, he completely changed. He's not like that anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened if it's like age, you know, cause like we waited a long time to have our own kids or what, yeah. but even our sons now they're, they're 17, 19 and 21. And they're just like, really? Like we never got happy meals. We never like <laughs> we, we had to go in timeout or, you know, there was different consequences for things. And like our last two kids are three and eight right now. It's like totally different for, but you see, you see the consequences of that because you know, they're, they're a little on the bratty side. <laughs> <laughs> I think that a lot, some of that is actually just natural, like oldest child versus youngest child. You loosen up as a parent and realize yeah. that things aren't as yeah, exactly. uh, big of a deal as you thought, but <laughs> funny to see it in practice. But as you're talking about, you know, how your kids, your son was diff acting different than the other kids that can like bring up big feelings. <laughs> right? For you as the parent or even the step parent, there can be resentment and a lot of frustration. Like, why aren't they just this way? I would never have a kid that would do that. Or I wish my kids would be that way. And that those are a lot of things that mm -hmm. we have to kind of face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had to go to therapy over it. Like we were in therapy for a long time because I don't know about you, which was going to be my next question to you, but the relationship between stepdad and son and then me being the mama bear in me, like I always felt like I was going into protection mode with him and guarding that discipline, but I wasn't allowing him to be a real stepdad because of that. So I know that now, but mm -hmm. 10 years ago, it was all about, I would butt into fight. I would butt into like when he would be telling him something or reprimanding or whatever, I didn't like how he was doing it in my, in my style. Right. So right. I would butt in and cause even more of an issue because now me and him are fighting right in front of my son. And it's like, mm -hmm. where's the United front? It was non-existent back then. And then my son feels like, Oh, well, my mom's going to come rescue me, you know? So yeah. created so yeah. many issues. <laughs> I don't know oh, yeah. how we got through that. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I totally relate. People start taking sides because the kids see there's tension with yep. parents now and they're like, oh, I'm on her side. I'm on his side. This parent's better. And it, it just tears the family apart. Yeah. So it really is so key to really have those conversations in a different space because I mean, we did the exact same thing. Yeah. So just for listeners to hear, like, one thing I truly learned and I'm still practicing right now because it's sometimes very hard for someone like me who's a little bit on the reactive side <laughs> to wait and talk in private away from your kids, especially in a blended family, because it kids pick sides, like you said, so quick. And if you're mama bear or you're a dad trying to protect, you know, your child from something that you might he might not even need protection from you know it's just simple parenting do it away from the kid because that caused us so many issues for years and I mean it didn't make anything better me trying to rescue him all the time it just made things worse right right and it can totally complicate the relationship that you're trying to create with the kids that the new kids yeah. coming to you if they think oh dad's not really on the same side as her 
they're going to have a lot of hesitation to accept you as a new person absolutely yeah you know what i got so lucky with my two i don't even call them stepsons like they've been calling me mom since they were since like five days into moving in together so they were like i think six and eight or something they were like can we call her mom and that's awesome (laughs) yeah and my husband was like if you want to yeah of course and they've literally called me mom ever since so and we would like go to stores and stuff and i would literally have five kids with me because i had you know the three of our boys and then our niece and nephew that we had custody of like i told you and people would be like are these all your kids like because i was young you know i was like 25 <laughs> 28 and i'm like yeah they're all my kids you want me to explain it and break it down to everyone you know? <laughs> so that's another thing that comes up is when you're in public and you know people are like assume whose kid is whose or if they're all your kids you know what what i'm just trying to think because i remember that came up so much for us where we had to like explain our family dynamic you know yeah yeah yes (laughs) i know exactly (laughs) what you mean and you have to be careful there because some kids might be more comfortable, like, oh, yeah, sure, mom. Some kids might get more defensive, like, no, that is not my mom. Yes. Do not, I'm I'm not associated there, right? She's <laughs> yeah. my stepmother. Make sure you understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just kind of making everyone feel comfortable. you got to yeah. get the kids involved in those conversations, too. What would you like to call me? How would you like to reference me? Do you want me to tell people that I'm your stepmom, or are you okay if we just ignore it? Like, that's such a good point. Like actually ask the kid what they want. <laughs> that I don't think people think about that, you know, like actually ask yeah. them. It's sometimes it might be like avoided or it's uncomfortable to talk about, but you're going to get in those moments where you're going to have to answer. And I always felt like I would hurt them if I said stepmom. So right. I always just said, yeah, I'm their mom because that's how they would answer. Like they would go to school and they'd be like, is that your mom? Yeah, that's my mom. So mm. it was it kind of just happened naturally. We never had that conversation, but yeah. I would have known if there was resistance, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> right. That. And it like it sounds like you were kind of t- following their cues on that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think in my yeah. experience it was the opposite of that. Like I was stepmom and so I made sure to make a note of that like to tell people that if he was there, I was there and they're like, "Who is this? I'm his stepmom." <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so his, his son or daughter, just so I'm referencing it right. My husband's son. Son. Okay. So his son was very particular about like your stepmom. He has a mom type thing. Yes. yes. Got it. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Um, back then I used to take everything personal. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, that, that actually, that piece of it was okay because it's like, you're right. I'm not his mom and I never will be, I'm not trying to be her. Right. Um, and so that distinction never really bothered me, but there were a lot of other things I did take personal that looking back, I'm like, I should have let that go. <laughs> well, let's talk about that because I feel like that is such a big thing too with, with moms. Like when, when another woman comes into your child's life and they marry the father and, and, you know, all these things come up, what advice can you give that mom about stepmoms? You know, like what can, what can you let her know? To give to the biological mom? Yeah. So maybe she can be more understanding of how the stepmom feels in her position. It's such a tricky 
position to be in, to be the step parent. I think uh, most of the time, the stepmom is not trying to take over. Yeah. They're just trying to be a person in their life. Right. And so having some understanding for that can be helpful. That's when we get in trouble is when we start to feel like jealousy or like either way from the biological mom or from the stepmom. Mm-hmm. But I, what I recommend to my clients is like, let's get curious. Why are we feeling jealous? Are we feeling insecure? Like what's coming up for us? Because this actually isn't a problem over here. It's a problem here in my heart and me that I need to, to deal with. So that's kind of the biggest suggestion I would make. If you have those types of feelings come up, if you're feeling nervous about your kids, having another person that's cheering them on and supporting them, Mm -hmm. uh, look into what's going on with you. But I found over and over and over again that the kids that have the best experience in a step family or a blended family are the ones who have the support of both of their parents. If biological mom's like, yeah, I hope that you have a great relationship with that person. Give that permission for them. Oh, makes all the difference in the world. Where if the biological mom is like, she's terrible, like always complaining or even just sending the vibes that she doesn't really like that person. Maybe she's not even saying it out loud. The kid gets into what they call a loyalty bind where Mm. they they struggle to even accept this new person because they feel like they're disloyal to their biological parent. And it puts them in this really tricky, awkward position. They're, they're, They're feeling torn all the time. And what a nightmare for the kids. Right. <laughs> so all the time they're like, they're walking on eggshells. I don't want to make mom upset or, or dad, whatever parent it, it mm-hmm. is. That's happening. But yeah. um, not what is, it's not ideal at all for yeah. the kids. Yeah. So we want to keep them in mind and our choices. We want to do our best to be respectful across the board. Yeah. I feel like just to add on to that, something that I had to go through anyway, and it was really brief because my ex-husband hasn't really had any like long relationships since we broke up years and years ago, but there was a period where he did. And at first I did feel those jealous feelings. It was really strange. And it was when like Henry and I first met my husband and it was still just a really, you know, hard time for me internally. I was going through a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want a broken home for my son and I really tried and pushed myself, but it just wasn't working. But then when this new girl comes along, it's like, it just like lights something in you sometimes. You're like, wait, like it d- doesn't feel good, you know? So once I yeah. was able to work through that and she was great, she was not a threat. She was trying to just like be there for my son and mm-hmm. how I had to really like think how awesome is it that there's a female there to really give him that nurturing that he might need or prepare him a home-cooked meal because his dad doesn't cook that much. (laughs) All these things that a woman's presence can bring. So I had to really start focusing on the benefits of it and having another person to love him. Like how great is that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I will say though, when you were talking about the situation with, you know, the mom saying things about, the like the kid choosing sides basically i know that we went through that for a long time too and my son actually came on a podcast and it's it's bad i think it's like episode 17 and he shared about what it was like you know going from being my only child to having four siblings you know mm-hmm. going through the long custody battle that i went through with his dad it was like super toxic and uh, i just think like man i made so many mistakes because he must have felt like that. He must have felt 
like he had to choose or had to walk on eggshells and really just wanted to love his dad. But I was projecting all these things and I had valid reasons, but he didn't understand that, you know, like right. he was a child. Right. So even if not saying my ex is this, but even if the parents like a drug addict or alcoholic, the kid still loves their parent. Like you, you still can't break them down and make them seem like a terrible person because they literally don't care. You know, they would walk mm -hmm. through fire to be with their parent, you know, so it's just about that bond. So I wish I would have done things differently. I'm just so glad that I know now and I'm aware and I can repair that with him, you know, that he's old now. Right. Yeah, I think that's so important too. Like there are definitely things I feel regret <laughs> about, mm -hmm. but I did the best that I could with what I had and and like forgiving ourselves so we can move forward. And yeah, it's not going to be helpful to live in the past, even though sometimes I want to, right? <laughs> I could just go back and yeah, it's, that's true. It's not helpful. I just want to like send him love. Now I feel bad. <laughs> But yeah. I just love him so much. And, you know, you try to make all the right decisions for your kids. And it's just so important to keep in your new marriage with a blended family to have a positive perspective of the biological parent, like on the outside, when your children are around, you know, yeah. like I, I truly, truly believe that. So if there's something you don't like about your baby daddy, don't talk about it in front of your kid or vice versa, your baby mama, mm -hmm. you know, just keep it as supportive like you said the ones that work out that's when everyone is like on the same page and and you know can work together so yeah, yeah. i'm curious what are some things that you or advice that you would give to help a blended family really work together and blend together as smoothly as possible yeah <laughs> there's <laughs> so many things there's i know so many things if you could like come up with let's say like your three top ones actually one of them goes along with what we were just talking about, and it has to do with the co-parenting relationship. That seems to be one of the biggest issues that my clients yeah. come to me with. Like, I, we can't figure this out. And so my recommendation is just try to keep it as professional as possible. You do not have to be best friends mm -hmm. with the co-parent, whoever that is. You don't have to go on vacations together. You don't have to make TikTok videos. Like you, you can, if that's what your heart desires, like good for you, if that's where you're at. But don't pressure yourself to be there. If you feel uncomfortable about it at all, just keep it really business-like, right? Respectful. We're not rolling our eyes at the other parent in front of the kids. Yeah. The kids pick up on those types of things, but keep it as business-like as possible if that's what's going to work for mm -hmm. best for you. So that that's as far as co-parenting, the tip there. It's okay. I put you on the spot. <laughs> that's <laughs> totally fine. This one. <laughs> um, as far as like the getting your family to connect, it's going to look so different depending on like the stage of life that your kids are in, the age um, gap, all the things. But creating memories together, you mm. cannot go wrong doing that. Whatever that looks like for your family. So maybe you want to play board games. Maybe you have fun traditions that you do like Monday night, we have movie night and we do this yeah. thing and right that you have things that everybody's looking forward to. You're creating these memories, creating connections, having a good time together. Like you, you can't go wrong mm -hmm. having a good time. And I would definitely ask the kids like what they want to do for fun. Like yeah. <laughs> kids have 
good brains too. And so as we ask them for feedback and stuff, they feel more invested in the family and they're going to have opinions. They're going to be more excited about the things that you're choosing to do. Mm -hmm. Like since we had young kids, we put a big focus on being kind to each other, (laughs) which was really hard for the first while. But as we put our focus there, where you put your focus, that's where what's going to grow. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that was something that really helped our family blend was we had, we were making so many memories together. So even though things were chaotic, we still had a really strong bond and love between each other. The three boys just became brothers, you know, like you ask them today, they're all brothers. They hang out all the time, you know? So, and it was, you know, sports, they were all playing sports and we always took the same family picture every season. And we were just like very assimilated, you know? So I, I'm trying to think like, how did we get through all of those really hard times? Because, and it was mainly between my husband and my son, you know, it was a lot of, conflict between the two of them for years so i'm like but you know one thing that really was the driver was my husband's willing to work on the relationship yeah that was huge because i feel like a lot of men would have been like see ya like your kid's a freaking brat or (laughs) you know you get involved too much you're not letting me you know co-parent or step-parent and he stuck in there and he went to therapy Mm -hmm. and he really did the work to and he always just had the best intentions you know and that really showed me a lot and it showed my son a lot because he respects the heck out of him and he loves him so yeah yeah yeah. they gotta do the work Totally. I totally agree with that. A lot of times people get in the first year. I, I totally believe the first year is the hardest. <laughs> I'm sure. You can make it through that. It it kind of levels it out. Maybe it doesn't get easy yet, but it levels <laughs> out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you're willing to put in that work, sometimes it takes a while to, you can't just expect love instantly. Right. Right. And when we love someone, there's some sacrifice there mm-hmm. for any relationship. Even a newborn baby, you've sacrificed to get that baby. Yeah. Sometimes people have this expectation that that relationship, that connection or that love is going to happen immediately and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, they don't like me. Forget this. Yeah. That's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. Their love definitely grew. It did not start off. All of our love grew, but theirs took the longest. (laughs) And you know, it, it probably wasn't until my son decided to move in with his dad that their relationship blossomed even more Hmm. it's it's interesting but they just I think their personalities are just so much alike probably that it it doesn't mesh well so now that you know he's not primarily living with us and he's you know about to be 18 move out on his own like they talk more than me and my son talk so it's like what happened here you know like I, I I miss him terribly so it's really it's really hard you know there was like a like you said about your your marriage you know there were points that you were thinking about getting divorced because it was just too hard and i was totally there too many times yeah i think that's very very normal people get in they're like i did not sign up for this (laughs) this is not what i expected this is way harder than anyone could have prepared me for Uh, and that's why we need to get that support out there Mm -hmm. it's It's not an easy journey and it takes the right perspective. If you're going in and you're struggling with big feelings that will come up, doesn't mean you're a bad person, but they've got to be handled in the right way or it will 
blow up yeah. in your face. Totally. What do you think about something that we struggled with was having that quality time with our biological child. Like in therapy, they they would tell us, you know, spend, even if it's 20 minutes or ride to the store, you know, spend time with each, like, especially your child, because they need that, right? But I always found myself feeling guilty when I would do that. So like, I would try to like, take my son and go do something. And I would hear something back, you know, like, I wasn't able to, to do that. And it, it kind of makes me sad when I think back on it. But how, what do you think about that? The quality time aspect and really making time for your child? I think that that, I actually think it's really important and it's, it is hard to do because there's a lot of guilt and things that come up. And as you're, my husband used to say all the time, like, I feel like I'm being torn in seven different directions. Like you need my time. He needs my time. She needs my time. Everybody needs my time all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't have any other, anything else to give, but I have noticed as we moved a little bit farther away. So it's like a, a little bit of a commute to get for my husband to go back and forth to get his son. Mm-hmm. And that actually ended up being like this huge blessing in disguise that they were able to have this car ride with just the two of them and able to talk about whatever they want. Awesome. And just that it's always built in a couple times a week. Right. I love um, that. Taking yeah. advantage of the moment. <laughs> Yeah. And at first it was like obnoxious, like, oh, we've got to make this drive. That's so annoying. But as we were able to see the benefit of it, it ended Mm -hmm. up being such a great thing. What do you tell those people that don't have that built in? You know, if you have stepkids that are like, well, I want to go or, you know, who knows what the age is like, you obviously can't, you know, have all the kids sitting together and you're like, oh, you come on, we're going to go do something like that's wrong, you know, but I just feel like we shouldn't feel guilty if we're wanting to spend one-on-one time with our children. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. And it, I actually like to think of it like if I go on a date night with my husband and my kid's like, hey, I want to come. I'm like, no, this is our time and it's on the calendar and this is what right. it's going to look like tonight. But I could kind of build that in with all my kids. Yes. I don't typically have one-on-one time with my stepson because he doesn't really want to. But if he did, right. I would be all for that, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to force force him to hang out with me if he isn't interested. But my other kids, yeah, like they want to go on a little date. Let's do it. Let's yeah. plan a day. And oh, and they all know they'll get their own day if yeah, they want. Yeah, that's them. a great point because it. And I remember trying to do this at some point, but each of them, but there was five at the time, so it was really I had to be really strategic about it. Like you, you want to cook yeah. with me tonight? You want to drive to Seven Eleven? You know, like trying to pick these moments to have with each of them, and you know, not only did I want to have that time with my biological son, but it was important to have it with my stepkids too, because that built the bond even deeper with them. Yeah. But I didn't feel guilty when I did it with them. I only mm-hmm. felt guilty when it was my own son. And I think that has to do with judgment or them. I, I don't know what that is. Like you, I, I'm really not sure yet. And it's probably something I need to dive into. Yeah. I wonder if it was just possibly if you were worried that other people were judging you, like, Oh, yeah. you're only favoring him, you know, mm, but I yeah. think he got less because I was so worried about that judgment. Yeah. That's so interesting. And if you could let, let that go, what that would have looked like. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I even talked to my son about that and he was like, that's exactly what he said. He's like, you gotta let that go. Who cares what people think, you know? 
but yeah, I, I was trying to just keep everything together. And so I, I had those moments of like, Oh, like really want to spend time with my son and have a moment with him. But it would, I would shy away from it because I was afraid that people would feel left out or people wouldn't feel like I loved them too. Or, and I just right. didn't have enough time to spread it across all five all the time. It was just really hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. It totally yeah. is. That's totally a lot. Um, but I do think that is so important, especially at the beginning mm-hmm. to try to build that in be- to help your biological child feel secure. Like, Hey, mom, isn't going to just yes. ditch me. She's still here for me. We still have a relationship. We can still have our special time. You're spot on there. I do think that is super important because, you know, our own biological children are being put into this new family. It's like, wait, where'd my mom go? Where'd my dad go? They were single before that. So they got all of their time when they were at their house. So everything changes when you're living together, you know? So I can totally see how that would be important with you, like your own kiddos. Like maybe like, your husband goes, takes his kids to do something. You take yours and you just get that hour, yes. hour time slot where you're just focused on them because they probably miss their, their parent because they were getting so much attention before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that <laughs> and would actually probably... think that's a great way to handle it. If all the kids are there at the same time. Yeah. Just team tag team. Mm-hmm. It. <laughs> yeah. You know what me and my husband's problem was? We always wanted to be together. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you're like so focused, like we're a family now. We're making this work together that mm-hmm. sometimes we get rigid in yeah. our ways. Yeah. Even now, I was just thinking on one of my drives home, I need to make some quality time now for them, even though they're older. You know, like I haven't been on a lunch date or spent any one on one time with really any of them in quite a while. So I'm so focused on my little kids. You know, that they're all living their own lives, but it's still super important, especially, I was just going to say, especially with my stepsons, but it's important for all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it like is. You think your biological son knows that he loves you, right? So you really got to put in more effort on, mm-hmm. on these kids because they don't know it yet. I feel like maybe that's part of it, you know? Yeah. I'm sure someone can relate with that because, because it's just a really strange spot to be in as, you know, a mom slash stepmom. Yeah. I think that actually, I believe I've never found any evidence of this, except for my personal life. But I think it's harder to be a biological mom and the stepmom at the same time, because you're like feeling like you're walking on this tightrope, like, this is what I do for them, but this is what I do for these guys. And it's very conflicting, internal conflict all the time. Oh my gosh, we have to talk about Christmas, especially because Christmas is coming up. This was a problem every year for us in a blended family. My son would go to his dad's. My niece and nephew would go to their mom's. And my son's kids stayed with us. So we would buy all of our kids, all five of them, the same amount of presents. Mm -hmm. We did not do more for his two boys. That was just our rule. We wanted to be even with everyone. But when my son would come home, he would come home with a bunch of presents. They would come home with a bunch of presents, like showing them off, blah, blah, blah. And it would cause arguments between my husband and I because he felt like his boys should have got, he just felt bad for them. Like they don't have a mom to go see, you know? I totally get that. But what do you think about that, about the present situation and, you know, all of that? Oh, I have lots of thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's hard. It's it's so complicated, especially when you like add in our kids where they're just home. (laughs) Right, right. And that's, we've just been really, 
honest, like our kids have had feelings about it. Like what? What have they said? Like some jealousy that, well, they get like two Christmases. Right. Like what, what's that about? And you know, well, they've got another set of parents, like they've got another (laughs) mom over there. So they're going to go and, and that's their reality. And we get Christmas here and it's special. And and then like, we try to paint a picture, like you're seeing just this one good piece that they get two Christmases, but what you're not seeing is that yep. they don't get to be with mom and dad all the time, like you do. And so it's not all, yeah, it's all the that, time. And we have different that's experiences. That's such a good point because even though it looks shiny and fun and lots of presents on the outside, on the inside, yeah. those kids are going through a lot more. And of course, like young kids aren't going to understand that. So do you buy your kids more presents or like, do you sneak them presents when the other kids leave? <laughs> no, it's no, we don't. We just, they get, they get the same things. Actually this year we're doing, I don't know if you've heard of like the want, need, wear, read gift. I've giving. heard of it and I've wanted to do it, but it never happens. <laughs> We've never done it before, but this year we're going to do it. Cause awesome. I was like, we don't need more stuff, but, um, so I feel like it actually makes it feel nice and even. They all got to say what they would be interested in and they, they're they all just going to get those four gifts and then we'll get like a family gift too. But, you know, I, we can't change that. I know. <laughs> but, and it's hard. There are complicated feelings, but we're having the hard conversations with our kids. Like, yeah, that is frustrating. It, it, it comes out a lot in other areas too. Like one of our kids gets to travel the world literally Ooh. and you know, they're like, your husband's son yeah but why does he get to go do that and we're like oh, <laughs> i want to go too I'm i know jealous, right <laughs> well that's cool yeah i didn't even think of yeah family vacations all of that i could and so when you guys go on family vacations do you plan it around your co-parenting schedule we do yeah, okay. yeah for big for big things like that actually we used to try to plan like all the fun things on the weekends, because that's when we have all the kids Yeah, is, is every weekend and some extra days in the summer. But um, we found that we were like never doing fun things on the regular days, like with, with the other kids that were always with us. Cause we were right. always like, wait till Friday. It'll be so fun. <laughs> finally, I don't, I don't know how long it took us, but finally it was like, you know what? He's doing fun things without us. We can't yes. just sit around and wait all the time for him. So we, we do save the big things always, but that is such another good point. That is such little things like, let's go get ice cream. Yeah. We're not going to rub it in his face, but yeah. Like your other kids shouldn't have to suffer just because he's not there because you're right. He is doing fun things over at his parents' Mm -hmm. house, his, you know, other parents' house. So why should we all just be waiting for him to get back? And it's like all stem from guilt. Well, if we do it, we're going to feel guilty, but like, no, like, let's just live our lives. You know, his mom or their dad, is they're living their life, so we shouldn't mm-hmm. stop ours. That's very insightful. Thank you for that, because I don't think people look at it like that sometimes, you know? Yeah, and it honestly was really hard to get to a place where we're like, yeah, this is, I mean, especially if the child has, like, major FOMO. Right. <laughs> so, so that's hard. You have to make hard calls a lot in a mm-hmm. blended family. There's really, like, and people who are in a nuclear family couldn't even comprehend why that would be such a tricky situation. But it's so complicated. So -hmm. many little things. I, and one thing I learned in therapy was, you know, between step parent and, and child is 
And then when you have your own kids, it's like when you tell your own kids, hey, make your bed or let's use a different one. Let's use, hey, take out the trash, which is like a family mm -hmm. type thing, right? Yeah. Um, you tell your own kid that your kid just takes out the trash. You tell your stepkid that they're like, why do I have to take out the trash? Is he picking on me? What, like, what, why is he bullying me? Or like, whatever it is, you know, like they think it's like a personal attack when it's just like, yeah. hey, take out the trash. But because it's not your biological parent, you, they're not hearing it the same. Right. So, yeah, right. that's what like we we really had to. My husband has like a louder, like a more. He does. He's not aggressive, but he's just like a louder person. And my mm -hmm. son wasn't used to that, you know. So when he would say things to him, all three of them, his two kids would take it like sweat off their back, like nothing. Ivory's over here super offended and like his feelings are hurt, you know. And it's like, what did I do wrong? They're like nothing. Just let's just go do it. Let's get it over with, you know. So yeah. the way they hear things and internalize it is so different. And parents really have to be aware of that. But yes, on the yes. other hand, should you change the way you talk to each of the kids because they internalize things differently? <laughs> well, I found that when we were trying to make everything super fair, it actually ended up making things worse. Oh, interesting. Fair. And so, I mean, not what not saying that what we did was the right way to do it, but yeah. for our situation, what I found is that me asking my stepchild to do something was not going to go over very well, really ever. Yeah. And so it was, if it came from dad, it was fine. So mm. really I, it just ended up being dad's got to ask. The Isn't ask. that so annoying though? I hate that. <laughs> I seriously it hate is. that. It is. It's hard, but it, you know, I was like, you know, we have a better relationship because of it, because otherwise it was just headbutting all the time. Like just do the yeah. thing. And he's like, why are you asking me to do the thing? Right. But does but if, dad mind? He doesn't mind. I'm sure it was probably annoying. Yeah. You're like, a lot hey. of the time, but if it's like saving the relationships that's true, and keeping the tone and the feeling in the house, like everyone's yeah feeling better. And plus it's like putting me in a position where I can actually like Enjoy. strengthen my relationship with him. Right. Yeah. Instead of like these frustrated, negative feelings towards me, it's like, mm -hmm. I'm just like this person that can be fun. I, I get to be the fun person. Yeah. I don't, and I don't ask the asks. <laughs> yeah. He's the bad guy, not me. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I think that's a better, a safer way. Yeah. And it goes right back to, they hear it differently. So if he asks them, it's like, no problem or maybe some pushback but it's it's right. not going to be from you where he might be like think that you're like picking him out or yes. being annoying or nagging or whatever so yeah yeah I don't think my husband would have done that <laughs> I really don't he'd be like <laughs> stop asking me to ask them to do stuff but I but it should it would have been the other way like he would have had to go through me to my son mm -hmm. and you know the way we approach our kids could be a lot different than the way that they approach because they don't like no matter what we do the love is not going to be the same like i i hate that it's that way but yeah i i feel like it's really close at this point for me but there's always it's it's never going to be exactly the same and that's okay like your biological yes. child deserves that you know and you deserve that as a mom or a dad so the way that they that they approach their kids or we approach our kids is just might be a little different you know and oh yeah, we we all have like okay. built-in extra patience for our own yes children. It's so just true. built in. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, I feel like we could like talk forever. There's I feel like we covered so much though because 
all of these little things come up so often for families. And I feel like our audience, there's going to be a lot of stepmoms on here or a lot of moms dating that are, you know, looking maybe to get married in the future. And what is it going to be like? Well, it's going to be hard, but <laughs> with a lot of communication and willingness to grow and learn as adults, because it really is on us to make the changes. You know, the kids just mm-hmm. being dragged around wherever you take him or her. So yeah, this was such a great conversation. Do you have anything else you want to share before we jump off? I just want to kind of add on to what you just said that, you know, it was super hard having starting our blended family, but it's turned into, I, I literally say it's my greatest blessing. It's different than what I ever expected my life to be like. And the relationships are different than I ever imagined they would be, mm-hmm. but it is such a beautiful combination. You know, when we put ingredients in a recipe, sometimes there's like yeah. a certain spice that just makes it extra unique and special. And that's, that's truly how I feel about my family now. I don't know if I could have said that 10 years ago, but <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I, I honestly feel the same way. It's, I have grown so much as a person because of each and every one of the kids that I've raised biologically or not. And they've all taught me something. They've all, you know, really instilled things in me. So I'm so grateful for all of their sweet souls. And yeah, I'm so happy that I'm in the place I am now, you know, and, and still working though. I still got to figure out some quality time with all these kids, (laughs) even though they're older, but yeah, thank you. Where can everyone find you? Um, I have a website. It's blendingbravely.com or you can find me on Instagram or TikTok. My handle is it's me, Brittany P and Brittany is spelled B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. Awesome. I love your name. Blending Bravely. I love that. That's so great. <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's super catchy. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I was going to say like, you should write a book and name it that because <laughs> <that's> like, <laughs> there's so much to be written about this topic. Like, look, I know you and I could probably keep going for more hours. So yes. Thank you <laughs> yes, so much we'll for joining me. Listeners. Yeah. We'll spare you. I know. Hopefully you guys got something from this today, but <laughs> yeah, I definitely can't wait to connect with you again. And thank you so much for coming on the healing and dealing podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com. Your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now, let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.